Hey everybody, you're listening to Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from the front lines of growth in community-focused financial services. All right, welcome back to Top Quartile. Excited to have David Eldred on the show today. Welcome, David. Hello, how are you? Fantastic. Um, so as we get started, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and current role there at the Credit Union? Okay, sure. Um, my name is David Eldred. I'm the Chief Experience Officer for Celerity Credit Union. We're based in Yakima, Washington, um, about $850 million in assets on the traditional balance sheet. And then we've got a loans under management portfolio that pushes us up to about $1.3 billion. Um, and uh, it, as the Chief Experience Officer, I've got a few different teams that report up through me. Of course, we've got our CX team, which is... Uh, um, devoted to optimizing the member experience. Uh, we've, got, we've got our marketing team, which is out there making the promise of what it's like to uh, do business with our teams at Celerity. Uh, and we've got uh, branch operations, which is kind of the traditional side of, of how people uh, do business with uh, financial institutions, coming into branches, interacting with staff, using um, smart ATMs to do their day-to-day banking and then having those consultative conversations to uh, solve problems and deepen relationships. I also uh, have uh, oversight of our digital experience. So that's, um, you know, online and mobile banking, um, kind of the user side of, of loan application systems to make sure that it's easy for people to do business with us online and through digital channels. And so that mix of, of, of delivery channels and, and uh, solutions within that financial services realm kind of comprises the entirety of the experience um, that, that members and prospects have with us. So I kind of like to think of it as CX is all DXs. We've got CX, we've got DX, which is digital experience. We've got UX and the user experiences um, and, all, and all of those things uh, roll together to be what we do for members. As, as far as what got me here, um, you know, the, the pretty much been a lifelong banking and financial services professional. Um, started as a teller um, way back in the day. Um, uh, came up through the marketing function, uh, being a marketing manager, you know, also handling investor relations when I was on the, the banking side for a publicly traded uh, bank up in Bellingham, Washington. And then uh, going through a series of escalations, career path uh, in, um, growth that brought me down to Oregon with a, a community bank called Liberty Bank and, uh, and had the, uh, I would say the, 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 Blessing and the curse of, of being with a, an organization that went through the great financial crisis um, and, and uh, circled the drain for a little while and then was actually um, closed and by the FDIC and uh, handled a, an assisted transaction for a merger. And so all of that um, uh, ended up kind of bringing me forward to um, Celerity and, and being the chief experience officer. Uh. Yeah, so what a great background to talk about growth and what it takes to grow these days. Um, what is maybe one fascinating fact that most people don't know about you? 
<laughs> Most people don't know about me. Well, uh, you know, on the on the personal side of things, I, I suppose it's it's not fascinating to love the outdoors and live in the Pacific Northwest. So I, I do as much <laughs> hiking and backpacking as I can. I, I do love to kind of get out there where nobody's at. And uh, Idaho is a great place for that. I, I happen to live in Idaho, Coeur d'Alene area, and then um, come into HQ uh, every month and, and as often as we need for other things. So, um, uh, so that's one thing. It's not fascinating. But maybe a little bit more interesting might be the fact that I, I've done some Kickstarters. I, I do a little bit of game development as a passion project. I have a game on Amazon that I developed that um, people buy and... Uh, it's kind of a, a fantasy role-playing mix of cards and dice and uh, just fun. So, cool. Uh, that's 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 something different. They might yeah, not expect from a a banker. <laughs> it is. That's that is fascinating. So uh, maybe we'll get that URL and drop it in the show notes. Um, ah, there you go. Sure. Um, but no, that's great. I chose. I mean, I, I think that's you know, it's just an illustration of your personality and the creativity that you. I'm sure you bring to the to the job. So. Um, we'll talk and talk a little bit more about some of the gross trends that led to um, uh, the, the credit union putting you in that in that chief experience officer role. Yeah, sure. I mean, I joined Celerity a little over three years ago, um, and that and that puts us right smack in the yep, in pandemic twenty twenty when pandemic was all the rage. And so, you know, I, I I've I was part of. Um, a time when when celerity like like everybody was you know contemplating the lockdown of of offices and branches and and the change of everything going uh, digital and and then of course remote with a workforce that was all over the place and so you know um i got thrust into the midst of going from showing up for work and uh, all of, of my career where you came to the office and you sat down at your desk and, and, and then you left at night and, and rinsed and repeat and, and then going fully remote where even, you know, on the executive team, you know, we had our chief financial officer lived in Florida. I lived in Oregon at the time and since relocated to um, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And so this, this idea of, of a change in the way that we manage employees and, and do the business of financial services was was a huge part of it and uh celerity was one of the organizations i think at the time we we, we saw the disruption of of covid lockdowns as an opportunity and um decided that when all of our members were outside of the office they couldn't come into the branches that we would use that to transform our business model and you know, during the time that uh, members were out, uh, we we remodeled, we redid all of our our branch locations, ripped out the teller line. There is there is no teller line. Replaced it with self service smart ATM kind of kiosks, not the kind that has a video teller. It's you walk up to a machine, you do all of your day to day banking at the kiosk, and and our employees were then freed up to do these kind of consultative conversations that um, we wanted them to do all along. They did all along, but this made it so that they were devoted for that purpose. And so I was kind of thrust into the, the beginning of that process of transforming the branches 
but we didn't stop there. You know, we 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 wanted to uh, also transform how our members and prospects could take advantage of our home loan solutions, and um, uh, you know, do a hundred percent digital end to end home loan process. And we we were able to launch that where you could apply, process, and close your home loan from the comfort of your living room. Um, not with a mobile notary. It was all 100% online, and it's and it's still a, a service that we provide today. So there was all of this disruption, all of this change, and the idea that if we're going digital like this, that we can we can do that for people who are located anywhere in the United States. Our our charter is Washington State, you know, which is a, certainly a bigger pool than than uh, Yakima Valley and and. Uh, the counties that are in our geographic footprint, um, but then we had visions of okay, well let's let's go outside into the Pacific Northwest and and hey we've got we've got members who have moved and relocated el- elsewhere so let's just go digital, and so we we did that, marketed digitally um, our our services to people no matter where they were, uh, so there was there was a lot of change and and uh, disruption going on as, as members shifted how they do their banking and we adapted to try to optimize and provide up what we think is a better way to bank. Awesome. And so, and I think in that, one of the themes I hear is you were following the member. You know, you were thinking about how do I redesign things? So talk about, you know, how, what were some of the tools and techniques about how you used to you know, improve alignment, understand member preferences, and then you know, lead that into the strategy process. Well, that that is all about CX and and customer experience, right? So what we what we tend to do is, um, in fact, we we not only we have a chief experience officer who's supposed to you know improve the experiences our members have, regardless of the channel that they come to us through, but. It really, when you come down to it, CX is a discipline that that puts the member at the center of our universe, and um, and and that's more than just saying that we provide good service, right? right. When, when you think about putting the member at the center of your of your universe, it's it's making all of our business decisions with the member in mind. What do they want, need, desire from their financial institution, and um, and so when we start making decisions about how people are uh, interacting with us, then they, um, we put those things in place. So remodeling the branches to embrace the fact that it's a, it's a faster, easier way to do your day-to-day transactions came from understanding this idea of a target persona, um, a target segment that we believe is, is central to our business. And, uh, and what do they want when they want to come into a branch lobby and, and do their banking? And it extended to how, did, how does that kind of um, person uh, want to do uh, the process of getting their home loan and their mortgage? And so we embraced this idea of a 100% digital home loan solution from end to end. And, uh, and so this idea of, of change how we do banking and how we serve our members starts with really deeply understanding our member. 
In fact, you know, I, I say that, you know, it's about putting the member at the center of our universe. We, we actually changed our, our, our mission to, uh, to say exactly, exactly that. Our mission is to change financial services by putting the member at the center of our universe. And that yeah. speaks to us, but it's also kind of like this aspirational effect of like, yeah. if we do a great job of doing this, then other financial institutions probably will follow suit. And if everybody is, is serving their ideal members yep. based on what those members want, then the entire industry kind of elevates its position in the mind of the consumer. It's awesome. And so what does the process look like to, to come to arrive at that target persona and um you know is that maybe is it, i know that sometimes or how is that might be different sort of at your credit union versus maybe at a larger one well um okay so I, i'll i'll be specific and then i'll, I'll go a little more broad when, when we went into the idea of the branch transformation and this idea of not having a teller line anymore and how would people adapt and, and come into a branch and, and do their business, um, we were going to replace tellers with self-service kiosks. And we figured that there, was, there would be members who would embrace that from the, from the beginning, and, and then there would be members who might resist that and, and say that they don't like it. And so before we did that, we, we did a lot of work to study who our members were and how they did their banking and adapt that to then um, segment a segmentation strategy that allowed us to kind of speak to members um, from their perspective. So I'll boil it down. We looked at all of our members. Um, we looked at all of their transactions over the past year prior to COVID. Uh, I think at the time it was about 10 million transactions that we, we needed to ad analyze. And we accounted for every single transaction into categories of digital, self-service, human-assisted, and then face-to-face. -face. And uh, when we categorized all those transactions, we were able to see these kinds of um, breakpoints emerge in the segmentation so that we had members who, who did 95% or more of their day-to-day -day transacting through digital and self-service channels. Uh, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we had members who did 100% of their banking through face-to-face um, -face or human-assisted transactions. Go, go to a teller, um, yep. call someone on the phone, that sort of thing. And then we had this, this great big middle where uh, people fell somewhere in that spectrum. And so... By doing that segmentation and, and tying it down to every single member, uh, we were able to pre-communicate to members what they could expect when the doors opened up and our new branch experience was ready for them and communicate to them about what they would enjoy and what they uh, should expect from this new experience. And so we, for those that were very digitally aligned, you know, we, we talked about all of the things that they would love about these self-service kiosks and how it would be faster and easier to get their transactions done. And, um, and the fact that there's no lines anymore. I mean, when we had yep. tellers, there were always teller lines and now there's no lines. It's, it's so much faster to get what you need done, done quickly and easily through this self-service. So if you're digitally aligned, that, that appeals. 
if you're someone who's much more used to being helped by a human to do your day-to-day banking, then what we talked about was when you come in, our staff, the same staff that you got to know and love are still there. Yeah. And um, they are there to help you with those more consultative conversations. Do you want to open an account, apply for a loan? Do you have a problem that you need um, help solving? So those staff are, are now much more freed up to have those consultative conversations because they're not bogged down with doing the day-to-day deposit a check, do a balance, look up, uh, make a transfer of funds. You yourself are empowered to be able to do those things through these self-service kiosks. But that was only able to be done on that kind of more segmented you know, yep. communication strategy because we knew how every single member was categorized within that segmentation strategy. Makes sense. Yeah, and and I guess, you, you uh, asked the question. Yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you, no, you no. asked the question, um, you know, how does that differ from other banks, maybe even bigger banks? Um, and one of the things that, that we, when we, when we set about doing this segmentation strategy, we, we did was we, we wanted the data to speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I read a lot about segmentation work that other financial institutions do. And what I hear a lot of is this idea that, you know, well, we're going to do this big survey project and we're going to select a sample of our members and we're going to get them to respond to us. And then we're going to look at that survey data and then we're going to extrapolate that across, you know, all the rest of our our customers and members. And, uh, And we think we're going to be you know, learn some things. And, and I've heard about successes in doing that, but we did not do that. We, we really a- approached this much more, I, I, I don't know, I, maybe it's not, not much more scientifically because I think to make those guesses and extrapolations, there's got to be a lot of science around that too. But when we tied every single transaction that every single member has done over the course of an entire year and used that to really say, are you a digital Dave or are you a branch Betty? Or are mm-hmm. you a self-service Sally or a dependent Daniel or a casual Kate? You know, there was there were these personas that kind of emerged from yep. looking at the data and being able to tie that to, to what those members do. And you know, I, I myself believe that data is and behavior is far more powerful than what people say. Yep. Because what they say and what they do can be two completely different things. Yeah, makes sense. And I and I guess th- thinking back to your comment about the the person who, you know, it, the branch Betty who was very focused on in person, was part of yep. that messaging. Hey, these are, the people that are in the branch are there to help you. So if you don't have to try to figure out this self service on your own, you can still see your favorite branch person, and they'll help you answer your questions. So you're not you know kind of on your own. Is that part of the? Oh, oh, totally. Yes. In, yeah. in fact, especially for the Branch Bettys, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, we have these great little anecdotal stories that emerged from this, you know, um, um, the, the quote unquote little old lady who walks into the branch and says, wait, wait yeah. where's my tellers? Right. And she's 85 years old. Right. And, and our staff greets her and walks her over to the ATM and shows her how to insert her debit card right. and authenticate right. herself and and then do her balance inquiry and make a deposit of the check by sliding it in the machine. And 
And she came away from that experience and said, you know, at 85 years old, I guess I need to st- keep learning how to do things in this, in this digital world of ours. And we said, absolutely, and we're here to help. And, uh, and so that was, that was one kind of like great little an- an- uh, example of, of how members, you know, reacted initially. We had other members who walked in and said, wait, no, I, I don't like this. Bring the tellers back. I was raised to do my banking face-to-face with a human being. Yes. I don't like this. And, um, and we knew that those, those members existed. In fact, at the time that we opened the branch doors to this new experience, we, we knew that about 16% of our members were labeled as this persona we call Branch Betty. And, uh, and sure enough, they came in and said, I don't like this. Bring the tellers back. But three months later, those, those same members who said, I hate this, wrote back to us in our surveys, and we have a very robust surveying um, solution. Um, they wrote back and said, you know what? When, when, when I came in, I, I said, I didn't like this. It was very resistant. I now love it. I come in, there is no lines. Um, I get my day-to-day banking done uh, very quickly. And then the staff that were there before are still there. They can help me with, you know, applying for a loan or opening another account. Uh, and so it was, it was interesting to see that transformation, not just in attitudinal feedback, but also in behavioral feedback. Mm-hmm. We had... We started that transformation with 16% of our members being Branch Bettys. And after one year, that had worked its way down to only 8% of our members still doing human-assisted transactions, oftentimes through the, um, our member contact center. Uh, but it had, it had halved. And those members had kind of moved up that engagement spectrum, as we call it, toward... Um, you know, being what we call dependent Daniels or casual Kates, as they increasingly used more and more digital and self-service channels to do their day-to-day banking, um, their persona migrated from Branch Betty um, further up the spectrum toward full digital engagement, which we, we found fascinating. Yeah, I, I think back to like when airlines introduced the self the self check-in counters, right? I mean. Yeah. It, it, that was, I don't know, a couple decades ago now, decade right. or two. Uh, but I thought that was a really smart change management approach where they had the, the sky caps still there. In fact, actually, actually out in front. And so it was, hey, let me show you how to do this. And then, you know, depending on people's comfort level of technology, maybe the first time, maybe, you know, somebody's more, you know, some people will get it immediately with just a mm-hmm. point to, hey, use that. Others might need right. hand-holding two or three times. But then, like you said, it, 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 it accelerates the lines and lets the people focus on where there's a, where there's a, a problem or a need. And so that's smart. You took those. Well, those and, and, and a great, a great example of that is, you know, when we, when we made this change, we, we had, we stationed our staff right at the entrance right. and we said, you know, your job is to greet them, introduce yep. them to our new lobby experience and, and walk them yep. over to an ATM. Okay. And so it, again, it was about three months that yeah. people would, you know, enter the, the branch, we'd yeah. say, hey, hey, how you doing? Do you need some help with, you know, the, no, no, I've got this. I know what to do. Yeah. And they just walk themselves over, do their thing. And if they wanted to come back and chat, then, you know, absolutely, we're here, right. we're there. We would, right. 
you know, became then a migration challenge of our staff. Right. Because the staff then have to kind of insert themselves into the member experience in the lobby in order to kind of have those opportunities to uncover other needs that members have in their financial lives. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's, it's a training evolution for yep. staff as well as it is an evolution for the member to embrace this better way of banking. Yeah, and I think that the other smart thing I, th- I observe about that is it, it still preserves the value of that human contact. Like people, if people yes. are making an effort to come into the branch, there's a value of human contact. And so you preserve that while still getting the benefits of some of the acceleration and the, the self-service. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Cool. Um, what are, you know, so we, we, well, we've talked on some of these observate other observations on best practices for implementing and driving the change. I mean, we, we touched on several already. Well, you know, of course, communication, right? Um, I think, you know, in, in financial services, probably in other industries as well, but financial services, um, when, when a person is surprised, that's the point when, you know, maybe it's a pleasant surprise. Right. But oftentimes, you know, like, yeah. it's a funny thing about finances. Like, you change, you move my cheese, and, and, and even if it's a better thing, I, I'm instantly like, wait, what's this? I don't like this. This Don't, don't change things on me. I know what to do. Yep. I knew what to do, and now I, I'm not sure what to do. That discomfort that people have often comes when, when you don't do a good job of setting expectations. So the lead up to kind of that branch transformation had a lot of communication. There was, there was uh, a lot of emails, there were letters, yeah. there was yeah. website yeah. Uh, things, there were video walkthroughs that we pre-recorded, like when the doors open, this is what you're gonna see. And, and we did this kind of point of view fly through of coming in the doors and coming up to the reception desk and then entering the main lobby and going to one of the smart ATMs and inserting your card and then coming over to our consultation rooms, which, you know, I mean, I don't think it was very creative of us necessarily at the time, but we called them Zoom rooms because that's what we did. We we brought them in. Oh, you want to apply for a loan or open an account? Well, come into this private room. You got a big screen TV. There's a webcam. You're going to have a um, relationship guide come on screen and help you. They're not sitting across the desk from you because they're a centralized resource now and they are helping you remotely um, so that we can distribute our staff efficiently among all the different offices. Wherever there's a spike in traffic, that's where our our relationship guides are able to dial in. It was through this Zoom room experience. So even when you were in the branch itself, the process of being actually walked through the opening of an account or the applying of a loan was was also a kind of digital experience. Mm. So so the communication of that was a big part of setting the expectations so that members weren't surprised. Yep. Makes sense. Right. And and so I, I think that's that's just best practice. That's just good PR. Yeah, absolutely. Well that starts with a yeah. really understanding what people's expectations are going to be like your, your example earlier about the, you know, the more digitally savvy you're going to, they're going to love the benefit of fast and easy. And then the, the there's a group to, that, you know, is going to be more hesitant. And so thinking about, um, 
you know, tailoring that message to their experience is, is important. Right. Knowing, knowing where they come from is, is a big part of being that, that idea of this one-to-one yep. personalization that financial services is about. And that, that's really why we were very insistent that the data should speak for itself, that we shouldn't just try yep. to make guesses based on a small sample size and extrapolate across all the membership. It's no, yep. you know, sure. Dan, we know how you prefer to bank because we've looked at your transactions. You are, you know, sure. um, a self-service Sally. You you like digital, but you know you still have some need for human contact, um, and and so these definitions arose, and, and training staff to be prepared to look for these markers of what someone may be in terms of their segmentation um, became a training uh, challenge as well. You now we have our CRM, and every member is tagged with what they what their persona is, so it was loaded in. Um, so that staff could pull up their their member profile and know, oh, I'm speaking to a digital day. Yeah. He's very comfortable with technology, yeah. very early adopter. Yeah. We probably won't have a hard time explaining this concept to him versus a branch Betty where we may have to offer to hold their hand a little bit longer, get them comfortable with the tech. Yeah. But you, you know, one thing that we we haven't talked about, Dan, is that that was the first of our segmentation strategies. Yeah. Uh, and it was perfect for the challenge of transforming the branches yep. because the analysis um, focused on how people are behaving um, and using that to determine their channel preferences. But uh, after, you know, over a year now um, of having that transformation complete, that actually, I guess it's been longer than that, hasn't it? A couple of years. Um, and uh, what we found was that there were still incongruities that emerged with these experiences as people came in and, oh, you're a digital Dave. Well, you must do all of your stuff yeah. through digital and, and self-service channels. And, and some of those digital Daves would walk in and say, uh, yeah, I do that, but I, I want a human to help me. Right. And, and uh, I don't like this experience. And so we, we, knew that our, we knew that our segmentation model was lacking uh, a level of depth and robustness that we wanted to continue to refine. And so we're, we're currently embroiled in our new next iteration of our segmentation. It is much more um, in-depth and intense. Uh, and instead of relying on this kind of singular dimension of channel utilization, we've now kind of embraced a multi-dimensional understanding of not only um, how our members behave through their channel preferences and their transacting, but also in terms of their contribution to the sustainability of the organization and the psychographics of um, what life stage they're in, how they prefer to do their banking, what do they need, want, and expect from their financial institution partner. And so we're pulling all of that data together, and, and uh, it's, it's kind of an exciting thing to go through right now because I think we're going to end up using some machine learning, uh, definitely, to kind of pull together this analysis in a way that starts to identify those commonalities that um, create clusters within um, the former segmentation model and help us give a, a deeper understanding of those digital Daves who come into a branch and have a different expectation 
that previously didn't align with how we defined them. Uh, and I think it's going to involve machine learning and, and, I don't know, maybe even some AI to pull, pull that together. So that project is kicking off uh, next month. And uh, we've done a lot of work internally to kind of take it to the point of being ready for machine learning to step in and, and help us with that. But uh, it's also a fascinating use of data uh, to really deepen our understanding of this target segment and our target persona. Well, maybe, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And so um, we'll, we'll have you back on at the right time, talk about, talk about your, what you've learned there and what that process looked like. So, Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, any any kind of um, wrap up thoughts here as we're we're uh, near the end of time? Sure. Um, well, you know, we're we've been very digitally focused. Yep. Um, and and those systems and and resources are, you know, in use fully. We we're we're very committed to that, but we also. You know, it's, it's interesting to also watch, you know, how the market has reacted, um, not just to us, but in general. And, and I'd say one of the things that has also changed is, is that people are returning to branches in ways that, you know, um, I don't know that why we should be surprised about it because, you know, the lockdowns happened and everybody went digital and all the trade press was talking <laughs> about how this is the tipping point yeah. and people are going to, yeah. you know, never go back. And, and yet, you know, they do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and so the return to the branch and the importance of the branch um, in the mindset of the consumer just last, well, um, geez, today's Friday. So it was this week on uh, Wednesday, we held two focus groups of two segments of members, um, uh, sorry, actually non-members, uh, who uh, gave us their thoughts about, you know, what do they think about financial services? What do they think about credit unions mm. as opposed to banks? Yep. And how do they go about choosing a financial institution? And and so, again, it's the importance of the branch is, is still... I guess it was eye-opening to kind of hear people talk about how important the branch is to their comfort level in choosing their financial services partner, in spite of the fact that this thing is still the branch in their hand yep. in many respects, where you know they can do almost everything they need through this device, but that the branch is a, a, a channel through which they, they like the comfort of knowing they, that they can go in yep. and, and speak to a human being, um, and that the branch is important because you can still p speak to people over the phone. So, so you know, we're we're taking that feedback and and looking at well, what do we do with our branches and and our investment toward the future of what what does branching look like for Solarity? So, yeah, very well said. I I, I remembered a similar focus group where we were where we talked to a Gen Z individual. I mean, you know, she was full on. She had a, some sort of a digital side hustle, the whole thing. So she'd opened a, a business account. And so we asked her about that process and why she, and she said she, she chose the, the bank down the street. And, and we said, well, what, what about that experience influence your decision? It was exactly what you said. Hey, I'm going to open the account online, mm -hmm. but I want the comfort of knowing if I have a problem, I can, you know, go down the street and talk to somebody face to face. Uh, she'd never been in the branch. Uh, Right, you know, since op before we opened the account, but she liked that that uh, security blanket. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know, the, certainly there's there's a good segment, a growing segment of people who are comfortable enough to open their accounts online. But but it is still uh, interesting that even among our digital day target segment, yeah. that's highly engaged that way. When it comes to opening an account or applying for a loan, the world has trained them that they must go into a branch, and yeah. and they still prefer to do that. And and so it's 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 uh, informed how we react to kind of this idea of the one hundred percent digital mortgage. Yeah. You know, um, it isn't it isn't all just because you can do it doesn't mean that they will do it. It's, right. it's, well, yeah. It's a mix. We channel. see, yeah, and we see even on digital focused acquisition campaigns, uh, the distance to the branch still is a is a factor on performance. You know, the closer to the everything else be equal for for like clusters of demographics, the closest mm-hmm. to the branch has a, is a more you know predicts better even online. So even if they open the account online, being close to their branch, yep, matters. So that's because very consistent with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, awesome, David. Yep. I know we're uh, this, is a, this is an awesome conversation, and um, kind of hard to believe we're at our time. So, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on the sh- on the show and sharing your perspective. All right. Well, pleasure to be here. And um, uh, if you if you want to talk about other topics in the future, I'm all game. It's, it's been fun. Awesome. That's it for today on Top Quartile. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Top Quartile wherever you find podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, we'd really appreciate a five-star rating. And if you're interested in getting an opportunity assessment, head over to infusionmarketinggroup.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.